Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are here for part two of our roundtable discussion. Just going back and kind of doing a recap for ourselves and for you uh, about the season thus far. Little heads up, uh, if you want to hang out after the episode, there will be a short prologue for season two at the end of this episode. So we left off, I believe, uh, with Halloween and the Plague Doctor. Anything you want to discuss? Anything you got going on in your head? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, pretty neat for us to see a throwback from our very first live show in the Halloween episode, um, because ultimately we were dealing with the genie yes. from the very first live show, the one that we did technically before we had even started publishing episodes. Yeah, that's true. We had recorded the podcast, but had not put it out yet. Are there any future plans for Hostile Takeover Greg? Yes. Do you have him established in the canon where he will reappear? Possible. Will he and Damien have a buddy cop team up like offshoot? No, no, they they are not friends. Yeah, or like Aww. a like a face off style rivalry flick. Yes, yes. Where they each take each other's faces off and then put them back on themselves. Yes, yeah. the plot of face off. The face off plot. No, yeah. no, no. They take their own faces off and just put their faces back on. <laughs> It's we don't know why, so, but I can't wait to find out. So like the Joker, basically. Um, yeah. I mean, besides that, we, you know, met some new people. Um, we had uh, Grimby as a new NPC that I hope somehow comes back. Uh, we dealt with Lindsay again, who had set up this deal with TJ. Um, she was one of the scientists with IPT and then uh, met her family. Um, so, yeah, that was a that was a fun one. That's still one of my favorite little arcs, little couple of episodes yeah and then at the end of that we get into Tass answering the door woof yeah you really set everything up it was just so light and fun ridiculous and we solved this whole thing and i'm like oh yeah now somebody's at the door and oh i'm dying i'm gonna die yeah and, everything's, and now you've been dead. poisoned <laughs> but of course tons of stuff from the vercalacus arc um we learned about what ended up being dr white who we had gotten killed on the Eye of Horus yeah. uh, was the one that was brought back by Nash as this very specific assassin-style vampire, which was super cool. Um, yeah, I'd never heard of a Vercalacus until just this moment, or until... listen to the podcast. As you can tell by the, the way I uh, interacted through the whole story, like, what are we doing? <laughs> um, Dr. White, what are you doing here? <laughs> Why do I feel on fire and flying backwards? <laughs> but man, we went through some stuff on that. We followed the wrong path for a while. We were going after uh, Thomas Curry. You did, and uh, Thomas Curry's sister, uh, who came up. Yeah, we let that end stay loose. Um, yeah, because sh we talked about going and finding her and then found out that this dude was a vampire. Maybe she's a vampire, but like many things, we just never pursued it because something else stole our attention and yeah. we went with it. <laughs> and you never really even got to explore the idea. You find out a while later from Anastasia that she had killed Thomas Curry and it was because he was infiltrating the IPT. That's right. He was the one. Um, and then also in that same episode, there's a bomb inside of Jake's car that was produced by the IPT. My running theory is that the bomb in the car was placed there by IPT to destroy the car as evidence, if need be, or us as incompetent agents, <laughs> if need be. Of course, I end up dying. That was that was rough on me, yes, personally. <laughs> yeah, because we watched, uh, you know, this was an episode where, or a couple of episodes where time was a factor, and so every time you guys said, this is what we're going to do, I was asking, okay, how much time are you going to spend doing it? Yeah. Because Tass was on a timer, essentially, and every 24 hours, he was taking another hit of uh, uncurable damage. You know, and that was a really good example, too, of just the specificity of what we say and what we're doing 
plays in literally to the the picture you already have painted. Yeah. Like just the the whole idea of us staking out um, the old theater, the Halifax, where are you going to be? Where are you going to post up? What exactly are you doing? And we essentially missed the whole bait and hook of of what was going on there until after it was too late to really do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, because you guys had parked around the corner exactly. where you could not see the entrance to the old Halifax. Yep. So we didn't see, uh, you know, what ended up being Bridget again. Yeah. The, um, you know, the woman that was helping or that worked at the Halifax uh, as the one that was bound up and and made to do that. So just another thing that, you know, we make one little decision hoping it's, you know, with one thing in our heads of like, oh, this is what we're going to do to be sneaky or clever. And then that's what we get. (laughs) Yeah. And that's my favorite mechanic about this game is just the idea that the world is always kind of going, you know, I'm not trying to change the story to mess with you guys, but I'm also not changing it arbitrarily to help. So I knew like, okay, she's coming down this road and she's going inside and it's happening every hour. Where are you guys going to go? Oh, we're going to park around the corner. Yeah, right. And I just I was like, well, this this day is a loss now, because if they never get out except for Jake going into the dark room and then coming back. This is the day. Yeah. Yeah. We wasted two days on that, basically. Yeah. You did. We got to see Task get ticked twice because you guys kind of set up the stakeout a couple hours before midnight and you stayed through till the following midnight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then uh, at the end of this, of course, we get into the heist. Uh, Tass is dead. His soul seems to be missing. Uh, they have an idea of how you might be able to resurrect him, but you got to find the soul and someone has absconded with it. That was just a really fun and interesting one to record in general, too. I know we've talked about this a little bit in some of the other Q&As, but um, I just think it always bears repeating that, you know, we we did these separately. All of the stuff that had to do with me in the gem and interacting with Damien was completely separate from when uh, TJ and Jake were doing essentially their heist and trying to figure out how to get my soul back and the yeah. crystal and all that. And just so how different it was and me knowing certain things. And it, it was wild just to see how that all played out and ended up working really, really well. Um, but man, some stuff could have broken yeah. real bad. Yeah. Cause when we recorded that, we recorded um, Jake and TJ up until the point where they were standing inside of the room where Tass's soul was hidden. And, you know, there was a chance, too, that they could have opened that thing up and you just weren't there. Um, And then we went back and we played through Tass's side of that story up until that time to get you guys caught up. And so to watch Jake and TJ's kind of faces unfold as they learn like, oh, Damien's here to help. Oh, God, he's made a deal with somebody. He's saving Tass's soul. Um, you know, Jake already kind of felt bad about betraying Damien, but then as that story went on, you could just see them kind of laying their heads down on the table and <laughs> getting out the cat of nine tails. <laughs> yeah. Mea culpa. Mea culpa. <laughs> yeah. We also still refer to it as the heist, which seems disingenuous. <laughs> yeah. It was supposed to be the heist, and then I ruined it completely. No, I don't think oh, you ruined but no, it. No, not at all. It no. ended up, yeah, it ended up being so great because, again, that's another good example of what really happens in gaming, you know, we, we say we're an actual play podcast. If you have ever thought about playing a game or GMing a game or anything and don't understand this, God makes plans and, or no, it's man makes plans and God laughs. Whatever setup is inevitably going to go to hell yeah. in the best, most hilarious, most wonderful ways. Or not even be pursued. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think in Jake's head, we're we're trying to go for like the Ocean's Eleven all right, we're going to talk about it. And as we're talking about it, it's going to play out before us and it's going to be awesome and great. And we're going to get away with it and everything. But then in actuality, what happens is somebody breaks their arm. And so now they don't flip over to the the shelf like they wanted to. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, and a little inside baseball on that, actually, when we had set this up and they thought they were going to go through with the heist, we talked about that. And Jake had designed some heist music. And so I was going to do kind of an Ocean's Love and Cut where... As they were describing what they were going to do, we would see it play out in real time. I think you still used the oceans music. Yes. So like when we're explaining the the plan, just moments before we throw it in the garbage, yes. <laughs> it's got like the dun, 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 yeah, dun, 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 and then just or we could just go uh, talk to <laughs> go her. talk to her, yeah, and then you guys ended her. up doing the heist anyway. But you were just doing it while trying to fend off a combatant. 
it was more like uh, storming the castle at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like we we used the intel we had, but it wasn't very heisty. It was just smash him up. Of course, Strom, we meet Strom in this is the whole point. That's her place that we're getting into, who becomes very prevalent throughout the rest of the stories. Another case of, uh, of that kind of odd moral ambiguity, like mm-hmm. this person's evil, I don't trust her, unless we need something from her. <laughs> yeah. Then I trust her implicitly. <laughs> I, I'd say she's our, so far, our greatest frenemy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In this arc is where we decide to almost poison our friend Damien. <laughs> Speaking of frenemies. What's all this we? Yeah. <laughs> Damien made off with the chain that was my weapon my like chosen weapon yes from uh the halloween episode oh yeah the hell chain yeah stuff that as far as we knew everything vanished once that wish was over yeah kind of a weird confirmation that like these consequences of that wish still exist in the ether um and then ultimately essentially meeting back up with reeves and rachel in this so you know we discovered that while Reeves is technically dead, she had managed to astral project herself and into my brain um, and was kind of riding through that even through death. And so yeah. that was a whole thing where she wasn't really a soul. She was just this. What's the difference between a soul and a spirit, I guess? You know yep. what I mean? Like, we're yeah. not really sure exactly what that was yet. Yeah. And, and that was a conversation that she had had with Jake back on the Eye of Horus of like, yeah. oh, hey, could you like astral project out of your body if you were dying? And at the time, she's like, no, that's I don't think that would work. But in the moment of her dying, she went, well, I'm sure shit going to try yeah. and just happen to hit one of you and be able to get inside of you. Um, and then, of course, culminates to us figuring out how this whole potential chosen thing is supposed to work out. And uh, we went with Rachel as the person that took over in that crystal in my head and the resurrection worked. Yeah, because we find out essentially that anybody who could be the chosen has this space for a essentially another being to be. Um, And if you were the chosen, you're kind of born with that there. But if you are a possible chosen, it's there, but it's empty. Uh, And so he has been searching this whole time to find people with those crystals in their headspace so that he can generate another chosen to kill um could you run us through like the crystal in the head yeah like how does this manifest is so there... this is uh, you know this is really like if you took tass and put him on a uh, an operating table and cut his head open you would not find a crystal inside of his head but inside of you know i think of the astral plane inside of whatever is his uh his brain space it is a physical thing that exists there. It's almost like a third eye. Like the third eye isn't there on a person, but when they activate it, you see it kind of appear magically. It is something that you'd be able to see if you were looking at their aura or at their power level or whatever. That, you know, the crystal is a is a physical thing. It's something that is in you, but it's not something that you could like extract and take. It's more metaphysical. Yeah, except, I mean, on that realm, it has a physical presence. Like you could right. remember Jake was supposed to shatter it. So yeah. it's physical there. And so somehow they can be drawn from kind of one plane to another because like people possess them in our material plane. They have crystals with souls in them. Are those, uh, no, those are, are the different. Same? Okay. No. Uh, so the crystal that people are in, in Tass's brain there is much larger and it is blue as opposed to these small crystals that are just kind of devices. It's like a hard drive that they're, oh, capture this soul, oh, capture that soul. It's just a container. Okay. They're like Pokeballs. Yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> but the end of that does see Tass resurrected uh, with a final message from Damien that your stuff's not going to work because you don't have a chosen weapon uh, and you got to have one. But we then get a message that uh, Margaret's got a friend who's in trouble, which takes you guys to the North Pole. And Jake instantly broke it. Instantly broke the North Pole. <laughs> you know, I had had the thought that they may get through this whole adventure and never realize that Santa and Mrs. Claus are not real. Uh, But right off the gate, Jake asked the question (laughs) and then someone else asked it again and he answered in the exact same fashion. And as many good computer programs when asked, hey, are you a robot? And he just fried. Which simplified some of the combats. <laughs> the Krampus fight. Oh, God. Yeah, we don't. That's another one. There's a mecha Krampus running around somewhere and we don't know what he's up to or yeah, why he, he existed at away. all. Yeah. Um, of course we meet Jingles, we get Noel, um, which was not was, is a major thing. It's, um, you know, kind of the whole backbone to how IPT works. And through her, we discovered that this whole interdimensional 
version of the company exists and that's what really it is. And we discovered uh, a little bit more about the founders and that TJ's grandfather is one of those mm-hmm. and and was also a science guy. That's true. And then he went on some kind of dimensional expedition and was lost to the ether, yeah. as it were. And he's out there somewhere in dimension 342. At least that's what we think. Yeah. You know, as you guys are dealing with kind of the invasion, you do find a couple of codes and uh, through some uh, experimenting by TJ, uh, you kind of find out Noel's full capacity, uh, which includes access again to this teleporter um, and, you know, the codes that kind of tell you that this might be where the dimensions lie. Mm-hmm. And then we get our first real face to face with Nash. You oh, do. Yeah. As, as just a consequence of a failed role um, that he appears in the flesh, which sucked. But taught us a couple of important things that we yeah. didn't know about him. Like, yeah, like um, I, I learned that physically and mentally, sort of, if he's you know got you trapped in his sort of like thrall or whatever, you can sort of break out of it. And uh, because of a good role that I had, that I was able to sort of fake it. I could have made a move on him if anything, but I don't know if I'd survive. Probably not. Right. Yeah. Right. Because we know he's got that, he's got like a force field around him. Yeah, that TJ saw when Jake attacked him that there was a, kind of a, a faint spark of energy off of him and that he seemed to have like a TK shield around his body yeah. about a centimeter away from his, his person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, he can just uh, eat luck. Oh, yes. yes. He can just lick his finger and boop you on the nose and take away a luck point. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those moments where I think it was he was pissed at Tass. Tass was talking shit to him and he went, all right, well, I'm going to make one of your friends pay. And again, with that whole Spider-Man mentality that, well, I can't do anything to you. You've got people you care about. And he just drank a point of Jake's luck. Yeah. So then after the confrontation with Nash, um, you guys took off. And I think it's worth pointing out now instead of when you find out, but this was a moment we've talked about before, just kind of like the panic of the moment. Oh, we got to get things done. You guys had found out that Noel is like, yeah, I can't protect myself. You got to upgrade my defenses if I'm going to stay safe. And you got about halfway through it and then went, okay, bye. And it results, we find out pretty quickly, in the loss of Noel. She is no longer in control of the IPT. Nash came back with his forces and just took her and destroyed everything at the North Pole. Uh, but after you are done with Noel for good, um, she is able to give you a little bit of detail on the location of the Spear of the Chosen, which sends you guys to Russia. I mean, obviously, I know this was kind of my arc to get back into a playbook. So, you know, there's going to have that special place in my heart. But just overall, for all three of us, this is one of my favorite arcs just because of... In some cases, how well we deal we dealt with everything, and in some cases, how poorly we dealt with things. But it was all a blast. Um, like that, I I think all of us here love riddles so 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 much. Oh yeah. Um, so just that having that aspect in it at all was so much fun to be able to kind of work through those in real time here together and and try to hit you with those answers. And just even how to deal with the knights, that was ridiculous. It was so much fun to try to, it's, it's like a Mega Man boss in a way. Like yeah. you have to try to figure out the pattern uh, to see what will be their weakness or see what we have to do. Yeah, and we talked about this off air, but that the first night that you guys dealt with, you had beaten yeah. and then reset it. <laughs> before, yeah. before we understood what the challenge was, yeah. we yeah. accidentally beat him. Because I think Jake was trying to get rid of him. But yeah, the, the challenge for that one was to get the knight out of the circle. And uh, Jake threw him out and then everybody ran. And so he came back to present the prize and there was no one there and he just reset. <laughs> um, one of the things that was interesting about this arc, it was kind of over a period of time in like a wilderness setting. Game wise, we were able to play to our strengths more. Mm. Like having TJ, the sharp character, do kind of the figure out where we are every morning type of role is like the equivalent of having the hunter do his survival to figure out where we need to go. Like we try not to just be like, okay, you're the one that rolls this. You're the one that rolls this. Like if it's your turn to do it in the context of the story, do it. Yeah. But in this one, it made sense that we had to like gather our wits about us. We're picking up slack on a missing player anyway that we were able to play to our strengths. And so things went fairly well for as topsy-turvy as that place was. Yeah, and like, I mean, the fact that we sort of began at the end because we would travel to that tree, not real realizing that, you know, the, the day, the night, and the midday were like keys to figuring out what the heck we need to do. And then we get into the tunnels, 
And it's like, oh, we have no idea what to pick. We need to go back out and do stuff again. So it's not like we can just skip ahead to the end or anything. Me personally, I loved the riddles. Like I have, I've had so much fun doing that part of the thing because little known fact about me, I took a folklore class and one of the things that's a folklore thing is riddles. At the time, already reading uh, the Dark Tower series by Stephen King, uh, in that there's like this whole riddle challenge for these people's lives and everything. And that really got me hooked. And my final paper on it was about riddles. And so why they're around and that people took them seriously enough that, you know, lives are on the line Mm -hmm. back in the day. Like if you were caught cheating on a riddle, you could have like your tongue ripped out or you could have uh, your hand cut off or a finger cut off and everything It's really amazing to like have that with us too. like, oh, if we F up these riddles, we're going to die or we're going to pick the wrong thing and Baba Yaga is going to eat our brains or something. I don't right. know. Absolutely. If you guys had picked the wrong item, as soon as you touched one, everything else down there vanished. And so you had to take back whatever your first choice was, uh-huh. including the flowers. So since there were different color flowers, whichever flower you picked, that was the one you had. And right. The rest kind of would vanish like in hook when he uh, <laughs> scares the flowers away. Yeah. Uh, this was kind of another example of our, I mean, I feel like this was on me jumping to conclusions like we encountered Koshe before we found out like the deal with the knights. And I think it was me that I was like, oh, OK, that must be the like the black knight. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we we're just like, okay, well, we'll have to deal with that guy eventually. But, you know, not right now, but at least we know kind of who he is and what his deal was. And then at some point we saw the actual black knight and we were like, well, this might be a problem then. Yeah, <laughs> this is not this is not the same person. How is this going to work? Which that whole thing obviously let us down another path. We didn't get a lot of the context until later, but just that this guy that we ended up releasing is this super powerful thing that took a whole lot of other super powerful people to even trap, let alone put down for good. Yeah. So, oops. (laughs) That he is one of the old gods and that who you know as the gods now all rebelled and killed their parents. And that the gods you know are kind of the equivalent of like demigods. Um, I still think he owes us one for fixing his mouth. He owes us one. I think he even, well, no, he didn't really agree that he owed us a favor. He owed us a courtesy, I guess, was what he agreed to. He was like, <laughs> yeah, I won't go kill Baba right now so you guys can finish your thing. Yes. That is my favor to you. Yeah. it's It sucks. Like, it's, we take input and we try to act better with it and then it goes wrong. Like, we were like, hey, let's not just try and murder our way through it. Let's negotiate with this bad guy. Yeah. And then it turned out to be the worst possible bad guy to negotiate with because he was just the heart of all death and evil. Yeah. And he very clearly wanted something that he was more than happy to trade for. Yeah. Yeah. I never in my wildest dreams, I assumed this was going to be a, you know, two of you running around trying to find the thing you're looking for while one of you is fending off this man who and in his current state at the time was the deathless and you know, he would take a sizable amount of damage and go down. And then after a certain amount of time, he would come back up just right as rain. And so that it would be this kind of very slow juggernaut that you just had to deal with. Um, and that, But then TJ uh, injected him with werewolf serum, which was the solution to all of our problems for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'll admit, whenever you give us like hints and clues and things throughout this whole show i want to try and act on it as much as possible but maybe that was your thing you're like oh yeah tj's totally gonna inject this guy if i move his mouth a little bit no not at all i i think sometimes that uh what you take for a hint is just me painting the scene for the audience oh yeah you know so that well why isn't this guy talking oh it's because his jaw is broken and deteriorated he's got no tongue right and but you took that as a i should fix this yeah fix this guy's mouth absolutely he's 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 cool he's all right (laughs) uh so we get we get the thing done and then we get just laid into by baba yaga about ethics and decision making we find out that baba yaga is a very ancient creature who has been entrusted with the spear we don't really know by who but we know that it has been given to her to safeguard and uh And kind of her mentality was, you know, I'm not here to point you in any direction. I'm here to put you in a situation and see how you act. Mm. And even recently, like she, I think she says at some point, like, yeah, I've only had it a couple of weeks or something. Yeah. 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 It has not been a long time. Which makes me wonder, did she have any of the other chosen weapons throughout the lifetime of those weapons or herself even? Mm, Like, was she always the keeper of these such weapons? Yeah. Good question. question. Like the tester of the chosen. That's kind of what I like about her is not even a test. 
because we talked about that a little bit in the recap that you guys got into your mindset like oh a test a yeah, test that yeah. the word started as whatever like a task and then a duty and then it kind of evolved uh, but really it is a it is the watcher here's a thing how will you get to it and what will you sacrifice to get to it right okay noted pass on information mm-hmm. but task does get the spear after it is completed and we then go into kind of a little bit of a break uh, we do some IPT cold cases to kind of give uh, just kind of some breathing room. It was a pretty heavy story, Noel, followed by the Spear of the Chosen. Um, and so we did kind of a lighter couple of things where it was just you guys cleaning up some stuff that was left open from Noel having uh, gone offline. Uh, is there anything in particular you guys want to touch on with these? I just want to talk about one major thing, which has to do with a live show that nobody else got to hear anything about. Um <laughs> Where we had to fight Mosquito Man the first time. Yeah. Or what did we... Mosquito Dan? Mosquito, Mosquito Dan. Mosquito Dan, Dan, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a kind of a smaller live show where we dealt with this, um, but it, we weren't able to record it. And just that you brought him back for this. Uh. Yeah, he had gotten away. He had fought you guys and escaped with his buggy little life. Well, that's because we had rolled so poorly that he... Almost did a team wipe on us, whoa, and then whoa, we didn't roll poorly. I rolled poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you hit all of us with a grenade. I yes. did. And then he kind of pissed off. He's like, "Well, goodbye." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Well, they're taking care good of care of themselves." So <laughs> I'm, I'm not needed go. here. Um, one of the nice things about the mini arcs as a whole was that we made a number of friends. Yeah. Or contacts, at least. Like, you know, we made some acquaintances. We made friends with the sheriff and the mosquito one. Yeah. uh, With the officer in the uh, toy store one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, With Nat. Yeah. That was a good one. Banshee one. Like, we got a few, uh, a net positive in terms of like connections on those arcs. Yeah. We know somewhere out there is uh, another sort of more benevolent werewolf motorcycle club. Yeah. We didn't really get to follow up with them at all. It's another one of those things where like, oh, here's the thread. This is exactly where I think the story is going. I'm I'm going to ha- have them get to know this other group of werewolves and then things go sideways. Um, but they go sideways in a very fun way because it allows for us uh, in the next story arc uh, to deal with the founders of the IPT, uh, which gives all of you a chance to play a, a new character and a new playbook, uh, which timed out really well because they had just sent us our advanced copy of uh, Tome of Mysteries. And so we were able to play through three of those four new playbooks. Apologies to Michael Sands that we picked the three that he didn't make. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess actually before we get into the founders, uh, the one thing to mention in the cleanup detail uh, is that, you know, it kind of ends and we get to see Koshay is there in a big way and that Jake loses his being the divine because the defender is killed by Koshay in this big battle with all of, again, what you guys know as the gods and Koshay and he is there trying to wreak havoc. Yeah, I mean, the the playbook shift for me was it is very cool because it is hardly a shift like you know, it is just kind of going from a paladin to a fighter. Yeah. Like, I still function more or less the same way. I hold the same ideals. I have a little bit less backing me. But it's really fun to just be like, you know, okay, I was I was imbued with something, and now I'm not, and I have to do the job still. Yeah. Like, what is it going to take now to make the same decisions? What is it going to take to act in the same way, knowing that no one's looking out for me anymore? It is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's an interesting shift because, you know, I work pretty hard story-wise to try and make sure that any playbook shifts are story-driven. Um, and so that was such a good moment that Jake, you know, mechanically speaking, was almost to a point of being out of things to level up. Yeah. But I knew that you guys had released <laughs> Koshe. I knew what he wanted. Uh, and Tass had spent a point of luck. And part of that ramification was that he got a vision of something. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I think that they get to see this happen as opposed to it just happened to Jake and nobody quite know why. Um, you know, because without that role... I think we would have only gotten the scene between Jake and the Defender, and we wouldn't have known why. But with Tass getting forced to have that vision, we see the other side of that curtain of what the Defender is dealing with in that moment. And all of that, <laughs> because we couldn't break into yep. TJ's parents' house. Correct, correct. <laughs> yeah. Our most impenetrable fortress so yeah. far in this game. This also 
the big thing, I think, the main takeaway is that this resulted in a costume change that I like a lot more than the old one. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's good. And people will get to see that pretty soon. We're going to do a photo shoot with Wes. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so that does get us then into the founders. You know, there's not a, a whole lot to go through in the sense of what you guys learned because you guys weren't there for most of it. Um, but, you know, we get to see kind of a glimpse of the personalities and the personas that formed the IPT. We get to see a little bit of the relationships, why people don't communicate as well, why they aren't there actively helping you. Um, and you kind of do learn that there are a couple of people who might be doing little jobs now and then, but some of them have just straight up retired some of them for causes we don't yet know, but I think it opens up the chance for us in the future to tell some more of their backstories. Yeah, like that's so fun. Like for reasons that we at the table mostly do know. Yeah. But like, and like, oh, I want to talk about them so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I want this to still exist. I want to be able to play this yeah. at some point in the future and yeah. not just narrate it right and now. So it's, it's really nice to be able to expand kind of the canon of the world and to know that we have a little bit more story to tell with them from the past that, the audience hasn't gotten to hear yet. So that's kind of exciting that we know, you know, some good moment might trigger a, okay, now we're going to tell a story back here that somehow relates to what's going on in the future. And we got some really good dramatic moments out of it too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Name three. Um, the time that uh, Siobhan died. Uh-huh. Um, the time. Starting off hot. Yeah. I would thought that would have been your third. Uh, uh, the time that uh, we saved an entire bunch of people. <laughs> Specific uh-huh. and poignant. Uh, and then uh, also when Jingles came in and basically took over, Margaret was like, maybe I'll call it. Nah, forget it. And then Jingles out of nowhere is like, oh, guys, let's, let's do some yeah. stuff. And, you know, not a moment that you guys understand that you, you are not privy to Margaret making the decision not to do this. But yeah, this does result in a playbook change for TJ. You know, he was in a bad way with this werewolf serum, uh, and they were dealing with some specialty werewolf serum. You know, the the team was all kind of pulled into the thrall because they had all used some of this hijacked shipment, um, and they were going to go through the process of changing everybody. But TJ was so far down the path that it was a very simple change. Um, and so now I think a lot of people got their wish a werewolf in a lab coat. Yes. <laughs> Never let it be said that I don't try to give the people what they want. <laughs> and TJ immediately took over as the alpha, which implies something that I don't know about TJ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You're very powerful. I love you. No, I'm not. As soon as you reached out to like comfort him, he rolled over and showed you his belly. Why was that? <laughs> so weird. So at the end of this, you know, the founders kind of go back into their various hidey holes and you guys head off to help get the eye of Horus reconstructed and uh, it finds you out in the jungle. Well, first off, I think we, we eventually find out that it's not just the eye of Horus anymore. Now it's the Eye of Ra. Correct. Yes. Once it is rebuilt, you know, they're building it out of the old pieces of the Eye of Horus, uh, but they have rebranded it the Eye of Ra. One of the things somebody pointed out to me after this arc, or didn't even mean to, I was trying to think of like where to set a story and they were like, uh, do it in the Arctic. I was like, mm, we did one in the Arctic. Oh, do it in the jungle. Mm, we did one in the jungle. I was like, wow, we're really globetrotting in this game. Aren't we? <laughs> All thanks to angel wings and helicopters. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eventually we'll have to do one in the desert. And Can then... we put that on a tank top as <laughs> well? Wings? All thanks to angel wings and helicopters. <laughs> We need to be making a list of all these for Wes. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, so we end up in the middle of the jungle, uh, which is nerve-wracking in and of itself, and then almost immediately, our only form of transportation is stolen from us, and we are fully stranded. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was, this was my first foray into doing magic, so this was extra fun for me because... We have sucked at doing magic the whole game, even after acknowledging it multiple times that you and having it. the opportunity to remedy it. We've <laughs> continued to be bad at magic. So just being able to pull this weird rabbit out of the hat that I'm like, I have a basic understanding of how to do magic effects, um, which has paid off. Oh, in spades. My God, yeah. yeah it has. Um, of course we see some well, we see an old friend in Sroka and then meet some more of the crew. Man, yeah. this was emotional for us a little bit, you know, with the reveal of this monster being Ori. Mm-hmm. It it just in that 
instant changed from how do we defeat the monster to how do we save our friend? Yeah, it was kind of a, a minefield of emotional things, too, because you guys arrive there, you know, you're helping and then you see the wreckage from the Eye of Horus and that information that, oh, they're trying to rebuild what we have helped destroy. Yeah. I'm um, seeing Sroka there and then the addition of Ori on that. Which brings me to a point. Um, So we fight vampires and we fight monsters all the time and everything, but aren't they just friends that we haven't met yet? Aren't they just strangers <laughs> that could technically become our friends again? Sometimes it seems yeah. that way. Um, We also get to meet uh, a few new people like Hewlett and Adam and Callie and... We find out that Hewlett has terrible music choices and everything. Um, <laughs> we need to go there and count how many times that's made it in. I know. <laughs> Hewlett, I love you, buddy. Hewlett. <laughs> I just for, need you to know. I just need Hewlett to know. Matt Hewlett, if you were listening, and I know you are, buddy. For every time you heard TJ say how bad your music is, know that I cut at least three instances of him saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but some of them I couldn't cut around because he would interject them in the middle of very important things. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys are able to save Ori. You get the collar on him and uh, it kind of makes him ghost dad Ori. <laughs> you know, it's weird because this is really just one story arc, but I think since there is such a drastic setting shift that I put the whole Siege of the Argonaut as its own entire story for some reason, even though it's an episode and five minutes. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely <laughs> so I definitely list the uh, the Argonaut as its own story arc. Yeah, that's fair. It was neat to kind of get this thing going, um, you know, to be able to save him and then do a lot of fun setup for this next chunk. Uh, like Jake actually uh, procuring those necklaces that we lost in our kind of horribly failed little extra mission. Yeah. And suddenly we have those now and they, my God, they saved our lives literally um and just the the build up to that was definitely one of the cooler moments i think for us to role play through is uh you know connecting with the other team members a little more specifically and um just the recruitment process there and it was yeah it was cool i'm very curious when one of us will willingly forego a roll to start recharging that necklace. Yeah, because like now they're, they're useless until, except Tass still has his point, right? Yeah. Yeah, like there have been a few that I've been like, mm, this isn't the one that I'm willing to drop down for this necklace. And yeah. I'm like, will there ever be one? Or is this just a shiny piece of garbage yeah. now? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, even that charge I have will be useless if any of those people are further than a mile or two away from me because we didn't spend that week together. It was after wearing them for a week. Like, oh, okay. you don't have to be in proximity for that week. They just only work in that proximity for that week. And then once near or far after you've worn it for a week, it works at whatever distance. Oh, yeah. I thought we had to like spend no, the week uh, together. No, they just only work always... in that proximity in the first week. I just like see. a Pathfinder magic item. That I yeah. see. I see. OK, yeah, yeah. good. It's considered temporary for the first yeah, exactly. Oh. Days and then it's a permanent bonus yep. or whatever. Got it. A lot going on inside of that submarine. Protected by magic, which Jake is able to get rid of. Kind of have to scrap your plans. Uh, you initially thought you were going to just kind of cut your way in through the back, which I, at the time, I was like, oh man, I've, I have this map. Again, I, you know, it's something that I made back when you guys first discovered the Argonaut in Hawaii. Um, did we talk about how close Jake was to the Argonaut? I feel like we have at some point, but still. Jake was you know, a failed roll away from finding the Argonaut in episode, whatever that was, like 10. Um, it was out in the ocean in Hawaii. Specifically, it was the roll where he went out into the ocean and rolled and failed, and this swarm of uh, the kind of water ghouls triggered and started running through the caves and stuff. Yeah, instead of me spotting the Argonaut, yeah. a ghoul spotted me. Yes. And just... And made off to, like, set an alarm, kind yeah. of. But yeah, in there we get... Uh, the map that I have made quite a while ago and your decision to like, oh, yeah, we're going to go in the back. I thought, oh, man, they're going to come in either right in the room they need or right next to it. Um, but then at the last second, you guys decided to go through the door, which changed the world that you were coming into drastically because of the defenses here. And that was partially my fault because I thought if we go in the back and we start cutting into a submarine, all the alarms are going to go off because I'm thinking, oh, submarines are filled with like sound sensing equipment that even the slightest sounds like a torch cutting through their hull they're gonna hear that and yeah. so it's just like okay we'll just go through the front door why not they yeah. won't hear that yeah nobody will hear that yeah you know and it's weird as long as we've been doing this at this point 
how often we let go. And I, th- I think we all do this uh, in one way or another is just forget the basic thing that the moves work. You yeah, know? absolutely. And, you know, things like that, that we do, we get real deep in our heads to the point of sometimes just having to turn off the yeah. the recording to like talk through, wait a minute. No, hold on. Let's let's just get the words in our head that we're trying to say before we say this. Yeah. Um, and we just lose sight of the moves work. If we're going to try this, if we're going to do it, that's what's going to tell us if we get in or not. Not, you know, our yeah. this, that or the other. And that a successful weird science move would create a device that does this silently. Right. right. And that, yeah. yeah. And a successful act under pressure will connect us and everything will go off properly that, you know, the moves work is the kind of the ultimate rule. So right. And it's I have, interesting. You guys will talk yourselves out of a good idea <laughs> yeah. because of semantics that aren't game mechanics. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause this is, I mean, this was exactly what happened in the heist. Like, yeah, we just ran through it. We had a comprehensible idea, but then we were like, there's no way. There's just no way that's going to work. Yeah. So yeah. we're not going to yeah. do it. It's like, yeah, sometimes it's tough. I can think of a couple of things that are you know, things that I, unfortunately, we're not going to really be able to address because I can't imagine us ever getting back yeah. into this submarine as it was. Yeah. Um, but things that it's like, man, if I were thinking about it, I would have tried this, this or this anyway, because it would have come down to what I rolled and, and how that translated to the idea. And yeah. just didn't do it. A lot of items found and lost. Yeah. That was kind of a cool thing. There's the revelation of the amount of um, other chosen. And, you know, we have an idea of. We don't have an idea if the other chosen, the souls are here, but we know that they were at some point at least because we found those weapons, which was cool. And then someone decided to save a life instead of (laughs) save the cool, awesome weapons that could probably kill Nash or whatever. No, we do find out that the chosen (laughs) weapons don't work without a chosen to wield them. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you sure do lose. All of those into the sea. Besides one. Besides one, which well, you yes. give away. Well, you give away. <laughs> so lost, yes. Yeah, that was an interesting choice for me while I was waiting for Jake to make that decision because, you know, I had decided ahead of time that each character that you guys brought along had an objective. You know, the characters always have an objective, something they want to make sure happens. And just for the sake of making sure that no one is ever just safe because I had a scenario for each NPC that was there of, the thing that would happen that they would sacrifice themselves to save the rest of the team. And that was the only one that came up, but that was Anastasia's moment where I thought, oh, this thing's going to get a hand on her. Jake might pick this one and that's the end of Anastasia. You know, she would have given herself up to stay and fight this thing and basically disconnect you guys manually if need be uh, and and push you away from the sub. Uh, so it was interesting to have that kind of little side list of uh, Jingles and Rev and Ori and just all these different people of, if this happens, here is a moment they will step in because I don't want the NPCs to just be willing to step in and do anything. So I give them very specific if X, then Y, and this is the only time this comes into play, but it's all things that make sense for that character, why they would either be good in that moment or why they would make to the choice to be sacrificed in that moment. I'll tell you, a question's popped into my head too that I hope I get to ask Lana at some point. Um, and, you know, after seeing all those weapons and then getting that confirmed by Strom later that that's exactly what those were, um, is now I think what's in character Tass's head is how, how does all this work? Like part, I think part of me this whole time has thought, well, this is just the spear of the chosen and it's every chosen gets this spear eventually or something. Yeah. And, but since my whole situation was different, obviously it was kind of forcing the, the chosen situation. Obviously it was different. Mm. So like, that's my question for both her and any of the rest of them. If I would get to talk to them is how did this work? Like, what was the process? How did you suddenly know this was you? How did you get the weapon? Who gave it to you? What, what the hell is this? And I think that question that I don't think I would ever get to answer is, what would it have been for me? Like if it were just a weapon that I was getting, if it would have been the seventh weapon, what would that have been? And like just the lore is making me slash him super excited about how it all works. Yeah. I could answer that question, but I guess I probably should wait in case you ever get the chance to ask it. Yeah, no, I like, I love it and I want to know, but yeah, let's wait. Okay. Have we ever asked, have we had this conversation? Who chose the chosen? No, I don't think that has ever come up at all has Mm -mm. it no who the hell like you know i just kind of nebulous idea in my head is like oh the chosen's chosen by god no they're not the divine is 
I know that for a fact that the gods were concerned about what was going on with me. So either there's an- another tier above them, like maybe s- another of the old gods is still around, or there's some other force that dictates who is the chosen. You know, what's really even funnier is the fact that they chose you to protect me at first. Yeah. And then they even- go for him. So it's almost like they were like, you know what? This TJ guy, he's going to fulfill a destiny part of this storyline for these guys. But also... This other guy is a pretty good chosen. Why don't we kill two birds with one stone? Yeah. <laughs> well, but they didn't have anything to do with him becoming the chosen. Yeah. I think it's Jake's point. Oh, okay. That, yeah. that the gods didn't pick the chosen because they never said anything to Jake about the chosen. You know, mechanics wise in the game, the divine is picked by the gods in the world and the, the chosen is just kind of nebulous. And so what is deciding who is the chosen or what's triggering this? Oh, I, I see. I'm going to go ahead and just put out my theory early mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So that I can say ha 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 when I'm right. It's Jeff and Eddie. Jeff and Eddie, yes. Yep. Uh, so you guys get off of the submarine and you get back to Indianapolis. Having saved Ori's sister, I'm having might add saved Ori's sister. Nobody died. Nobody died, yeah. That's what I mean by handily. It was a mess. It was a mess. Yeah. But nobody died. So I'm saying we did it handily. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, we find ourselves back in TJ's subterranean lair and you guys are getting ready to take off and it doesn't work. And then we find ourselves in suddenly a new story um, that I think it's safe to talk about this that uh, we did not have planned. Uh, this was a awesome surprise that we were able to get in contact with Michael Sands and uh, he had agreed to be on the show. And so this storyline kind of got dropped in. Um, in a place that I thought made sense. Who's Michael Sands again, just for those who don't know? Now, Michael Sands is the creator of the game. Maybe he's the one who chooses the chosen. <gasps> he emails everyone who plays this game. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we encounter Larson and this cadre of demons. Um, you know, this story's real quick. Uh, it was just a kind of a fun little opportunity for us to get to play with Michael Sands. Um, and I, I found a, a small way to tie it into the story without kind of wrecking anything. Uh, but now Larson exists out there in the ether. Um, and Michael said he is happy to come back and reprise him if needed. And now we have a whole other rogues gallery of demon family to uh, contend with as well, which mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. There's a whole lot of information about that demon family that we didn't get to uncover, but I will leave that uh, for another encounter with them if it happens. Awesome. Yeah. And an, and another ally. I mean, technically a couple now that exists somewhere in the world, if we can find them. Uh, we got to utilize Nat, the contact we made. Yeah. During the uh, Banshee arc to figure out information on him. Yeah. Yeah, we got to pull a lot of just little little tidbits and add some things to the menagerie yeah. throughout that one. Yeah. For it being such a short thing. Yeah, and you guys were able to, uh, right before that kicked off, drop Ori off uh, in Elnor. Because which... somebody decided to pick up a new power. Yeah. Yeah. Or an old power. Or an yeah. old power, yeah. Yeah, and this we had talked about this a while ago you know like rev specifically said like he pushes kind of the energy from soul into you and so we discussed like yeah i mean that's kind of the last bastion of his power and like that i could theoretically still do some divine stuff down the road if it came to it and i was like well that's i don't want to do that immediately yeah like that's not interesting to just immediately take my divine powers back so i was like waiting for the right moment and like it was getting to the point where i was like I'm going to end up taking something else that makes more sense and I'm just never going to get my divine stuff back. Like, cause th- that's fine. It, it makes sense in the story. And so then there was finally that opportunity where I was like, this is it. This is the one I can finally do it. Yeah. What I really liked about that is just all of the shit we had been through in the meantime, which, you know, those were some tough arcs with some nasty fights and, you know, you leveled up several times And in none of those moments did you decide, oh, I'm going to take something that's just going to wreck these guys. You waited till this moment and you took that at a time that it's going to help somebody else. And so it was still a very defender thing to do. Uh, And in this case, a very protector thing to do. Yeah. Like I have now, that is the end of me being able to take moves from other playbooks. So like I had taken the one from the wronged earlier on and now I've taken the one from the divine and I can't do it anymore. Yeah. So like there were several times that I could have taken smite and I could have just started whooping ass again. But like, I was like, okay, this is the more important way to protect someone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the end, we get the three of you walking into the portal uh, once it is complete. And I think that's where we leave off for now. Anybody got any closing thoughts on the season? Where the hell are we going? What? 
it took a lot of willpower for me in that moment that the portal opened not to just shove TJ through first. It's true. It's true. He could taste it. <laughs> just hand hovering over the middle of his back. Yeah. <laughs> like restraining your hand with your other hand. Don't do it. Don't do it. I think I think I. Yeah. Let's just add this in. This is canon now that I was going to push and Jake just subtly grabbed my hand <laughs> And pulled it back. And then I took everybody's hands. Even yeah. though, weirdly enough, uh, Tassas was shaking. It was really weird. I it guess was, he was, was just as scared as I was to walk through yeah. this thing. I was yeah. nervous. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you for joining us for this. Uh, we will be back next week with the beginning of season two. Uh, but right now, here is a little prologue for season two. We find ourselves in a densely wooded area. The sun is high and there is a cool breeze, and on the wind we can smell the rich scent of earth and wildflowers. We move between trees, through creeks, and over small hills until we finally come across a jagged scar in the landscape. It's a rock outcropping with a dark passage at its center. There's a stale flow of air coming from inside, and we can hear the distant sounds of shouting and metal clashing, as well as the faint smell of death and decay. In a flurry of colorful movement, something bursts from the entrance and into the sky, followed closely by a cloaked figure in a dead sprint. The figure hits the sunlight and collapses to the ground, panting, trying to catch their breath. The figure's green cloak is covered in streaks of black blood, and there is a quiver and bow slung over their shoulder. They reach a hand up to pull the hood back, and as they do, we can see that there is blood on their hands as well, but unlike the black gore on their clothing, this is scarlet. The hood falls back to reveal a brown-haired woman, her green eyes clear but struggling to focus. She looks at the blood on her hands, and this seems to clear her mind as she absentmindedly brushes her hair back, revealing an ear slightly longer than we're used to seeing, which comes to a point at the top. A sound from the cave draws her attention, and she turns to look back, peering into the darkness. As she listens to the sound from inside growing louder and closer, a brightly colored owl with a black mask and beak lands on her shoulder and makes a low hoot. The half-elven woman nods as if she's agreeing, takes a pained last look into the darkness, then turns and sprints into the forest as a horde of gray-skinned goblins come rushing out of the passage, blades in their hands and rage in their eyes. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to the trailer for Madame Magenta Sonus Mystica. Hang on, why am I doing my own trailer? Where will the people want to see their star, my dear? No one can see me, Bernard. This is a podcast. Oh. You know what? I should have that deep voice chap doing this. You know the one. What's his name? Oh, the... Um, the, the strange the, name. Yes. Like uh, a fruit. Uh, red pepper. That's yes. It. Yes. It, <clears throat> in a world where something, something, something... That's the one. Oh, it's quite sexy, Bernard. Oh. Save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure I can keep it up. You've never had a problem before. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, oh, that, that was a very clever joke. Yes. I am a very turgid man. You are. I'm going to make a cup of tea. You do the trailer. Oh, right you are. <clears throat> in a world... Oh, great. Normal. Uh, Earl Grey, please. In a world where ghosts and angels walk amongst us. Float! They float! Uh, uh, float amongst us stands one woman, Magenta. Oh, God, my bloody spirit guide's frozen the milk again. It's going to have to be iced tea, I'm afraid. Oh, uh, all right, fair enough. Uh, psychic, medium... <coughs> my throat. Oh, uh, Magenta... I can't do this anymore. Bernard, you won't get nodules. You're not Adele. Well, actually, interestingly enough, that wasn't nodules. That was an exploding polyp. Oh, God. Do you imagine that? Ew. Exploding polyp. Anyway, that's not why I can't do the trailer anymore. Oh. Do you mean... Uh, yes, the angelic manifestation by the dog bed, yes. Oh, here we go again. What do you want? 
From the makers of Mockery Manor comes Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. For all fans of the esoteric. Available now wherever you get podcasts.